the inner athlete in us, I think. I like competition. I like doing different things. I like trying things. You know, failure is a great tool for, I think, success. You know, it's a, it's a measuring stick and things like that. So uh, entrepreneurship is just kind of that next journey for me, I think, after sports. It's been What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another show of the podcast, The Determined Society. Today, I have with me Anthony Renato, a former NCAA champion at LSU. Yes, the alma mater, LSU baseball, 2009 uh, national champion. What an amazing run they had. He is a former major league pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, Chicago White Sox, and Texas Rangers. He's invested in several companies such as Marucci, which is a big one, People listening to the show that know baseball should know who Marucci is or hang up your cleats and don't ever watch baseball again. And Diamond Nation, and he's made several successful exits. He is the current owner of Cards and Culture and the host of the Up and In show. Welcome to the welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to be on, and I'm ready to chop it up. It's going to be good. Hell yeah, man. I wore my uh, LSU alum shirt today. You can't really see it, but you know. That's a like sure. like There we go. Dude, it's, it's a good one. There we go. Yeah, Jay. Jay sent them out like two years ago. Nice. I love it. Yeah, for all the alumni. But uh, yeah, man, Jack, to have you on the show, and uh, man, dude, it's just always nice to cut up with the former Tiger brother, and uh, you know, see where this conversation leads us, dude. So you've got a lot of amazing things going on now, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, definitely have a lot of things going on. A lot of irons in the fire, but. Uh, that, like we were talking on before we flipped on the, the record button, you know, that's the, the inner athlete in us. I think I like yeah. competition. I like doing different things. I like trying things, you know, failure is a great tool for, I think success, you know, it's a, it's a measuring stick and things like that. So, uh, entrepreneurship is just kind of that next journey for me. I think after sports, it's been fun. Bro, I love it. The, the word failure, like, you know, people fear that so much. And, and, and in fact, you talk about this, like your dreams have to be so much bigger than that fear of failure. Talk to the audience a little bit about that, because there's a lot of people stuck in what they're doing right now and will not use any type of, I guess, drive to try something they want because they don't want to fail. What do you have to say about that? Well, first and foremost, I think I'm, I, I come from a place of gratitude in saying that I think I'm fortunate enough at 33 years old to have done a career and already failed, you know? So mm -hmm. technically, I mean, some people, you know, would look at my baseball career and call it a failure. I think it was a success for me in the way that my life turned out and I couldn't be more grateful. Um, but technically I was a first rounder. I was supposed to be still pitching in the major leagues right now. Mm -hmm. So I think by certain standards, I bet you the Boston Red Sox think that was a failure, but the things I've learned through that, the things I've grown through, the things that it's taught me in this next venture uh, of life and entrepreneurship just, um, I think, is is the thing that I got out of it the most. It's something that I encourage at my business and our culture that we're going to strip the fear of failure. We're going to mm -hmm. fail. That's going to happen. I played a game of failure. Baseball was failure. Um, and we're going to learn from our mistakes. And that's all that we're going to do. And we're going to get better because of them. Um, so I think failure is a great tool for success. And I say that all the time because, um, you know, just like everything else in life, you have a choice and a perspective how to look at things. So when you fail, you can either, you know, get in the dumps about it or get super down and have negative energy, or you can look at it as an opportunity and, and learn, uh, learn how to grow through it. Dude, I love it because, you know, you talk about, you know, your perspective of your career being a success. And it was, cause I look at your career and, you know, I'm one of those fanatical, you know, former LSU baseball tigers yelling at the TV, you know, yeah. and you That's know, me right you guys, 
I mean, yeah. uh, do you do that now? Right. I mean, we we're just talking, <laughs> we'll get to it, but you know, it's uh, you know, like, so for me watching your career at LSU, like amazing career, 2009 national champion brought me a lot of joy. I love seeing my boys win. And then, you know, into first round pitching for the Red Sox, White Sox and the Rangers, like, dude, that's, that's, you know, for five years, you were in the big leagues or something like that, roughly like yeah. to me, that's a success, you know, but you know, the Boston Red Sox may say like, Hey, like it didn't really work out for us, wow. but dude, like it is such an amazing thing because I can look at my career, right? Junior college, you know, high school, junior college, and then to LSU. And I could literally look you flat in your dead in your eyes and you won't convince me otherwise say I failed. Right. Because I got there. I got hurt. My mindset wasn't the right way. I played victim mentality. I probably alienated people because I was being a little bitch at times, but like, dude, but now if I wow. go back and look at that, it's like, man, what, what did you ruin Sean? But other people that watched me grow up be like, dude, you're a success. You were there, you know? And, and like for somebody who's competitive, it's like, yeah, bro, that's not the jam. Like yeah. I was there, you know, I was in Omaha. We too and barbecued. I didn't get to contribute, but you know, I earned that. And what I'm, so for me not being able to contrib contribute, I earned that yeah. like straight up, like, and people listening right now, they're like, what do you mean you earned that? You didn't contribute. Like, bro, that's on me. Yeah. And you also worked your life for that too, to yeah. get there. That's the thing that I think you know, the perspective that I share with myself, or at least that I can reflect on now is, you're right. I think when I have that inner dialogue with myself, I expected myself to be still playing right now. And, you know, I was expected to win 200 games in the big leagues, and I was mm -hmm. gonna make $100 million, right? And they were gonna rip my jersey off. And that was the way that, you know, and if it didn't go that way, it was a failure. But I think the things that I've learned from it, and the things that I've pulled, and, and when I can have perspective to say, you know what, I worked 28 years at something and I became pretty damn good and I got to a pretty high place. And yeah. if somebody was like, Hey, talk to five-year-old Anthony and, and say, Hey, you're going to go to LSU. You're going to win a national championship. You're going to pitch for the Boston Red Sox. You're going to make your debut against the New York Yankees. You're going to get Derek Jeter out for your first out and strikeout. But then the rest of your career is going to be average or maybe you don't even play. Like, would you take that? Yeah. And you may yeah. walk away making 5 million. Like what? Yes. Yeah. All day and twice on Sunday, bro. Hey, hey, like, yeah. come on, baby. Let's talk about it. Like walk us through that 2009 year, because it was a very, in, in my opinion, there was a lot of crazy things that happened that year, dude. Like, like the, the biggest one was Maneri throwing Chad Jones on the bump. <laughs> yes. Like dude, was... where did it come from? And then he's got like a curveball from God. It, it just so many moves, man. Well, I, I think, I still say, I think when I got to pro ball, it was, you know, we were fresh and everybody remembered Chad. So they were always asking about Chad. And I tell everybody, I've never met an athlete like that dude. I mean, like, you know, just from playing yep. baseball to, to be on a football field and then just walk in and start throwing 92 with a hammer from hell. You're like, what are, what is, like, yeah. I remember looking at Lewis Coleman, we were the two best on the team, you know, like yeah. whatever, you know, Friday, Saturday pitchers. Yeah. And we were getting ready to throw a bullpen. I looked at him, I'm like, this isn't fair, dude. I'm like, that. Why, we work really hard at this every yeah. day. And this guy just yeah. came in here and did it, you know? So little things like that. Uh, but I think th those are the things like the wild stories that, um, you know, make the national champion, make those things happen to, so you win a national championship. Um, I think another wild story too was DJ LeMahieu mm. was an All-American shortstop and we moved him from shortstop to second base and pulled a freshman named Austin Nola, who's now catching in the big leagues to shortstop. 
Yeah. Uh, so that was really interesting in the middle of the year while we were number one in the country, you know, so yeah. it was like little things like that, that people don't really know, but wound up being huge for us down the stretch, you know, and, and things like that. And now we look back on it. DJ's won two gold gloves in the big leagues at second base. Yep. Uh, so it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. That that needed to happen, actually, for us to win the championship, you know, and it just happened to yeah. happen that year. Dude, it's really funny you say that because something like that's going on right now with our boys at LSU guys for you, we're going to share something with you. So the internet exploded on Friday night. Was it Friday? Um, Jay Johnson decided to throw the best pitcher in the country, arguably, sorry, dude, there there's best pitcher in LSU history, right? Uh, there's not, I, well, you have to I, I mean, me. dude, that guy, that guy. Oh my God. Um, Paul Skeens, they, they, they throw him against a nine and four, 19 and 42 lane team and the internet exploded. And to the point where, why are we throwing our number one in this? And why do we need to waste him? Anybody will do in this game and we're going to win it handedly. And it just goes to show you that coaches, just like coach Maneri and coach Bertman, they push the buttons <laughs> and damn it. They're usually right. We ended up winning that ball game. Like what? Six to two, yeah, like six. something like most, games, I don't know. He had some jams too, that he got out of. And it's like, and then when, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So yeah. you can look at Saturday and say, well, if you started Saturday, you would have only got two innings out of him because of the rain too. So it was the right move. But mm -hmm. I mean, I think he did it honestly because Tulane was so hot. They won their conference tournament. Baseball is weird like that. They come into the box. They're a Louisiana yeah. school. Um, but I, yeah, I was so shocked, man. I didn't, I didn't know what to think. Yeah. But well, hey, I mean, that's what he, what he does. And that's why we're, we're sitting here yeah. and. That, that's why we're sitting here like you know on a what is it tuesday evening yeah, having a virtual that. conversation but yeah. no but like it's to your point though like i didn't even really think about it you know you're right the game got postponed on on saturday like yeah. he wouldn't have pitched he would have been cooked yeah you know i mean maybe he might could have come back the next day but it would have been hard it would have been hard i mean that guy's max effort he was throwing what a hundred on pitch 124 yeah, that was wild. How about him throwing 124 pitches too? I was like, I didn't see that one coming, but hey, he's getting that, this record. It'll be good. Yeah, no, well, I think that's part of it too, man. You yeah, know, yeah. and again, like to your point that, you know, and this could be a controversial topic about, you know, just going after the strike record. But I mean, the, the bottom line, strikeout record, but the bottom line is like, dude, if you get, if you can get it, get it, right? The other thing is, is like, to your point, Tulane ran through the AAC. Yep. I mean, no I one saw it coming. Like yeah. nobody, who did he beat in the championship? ECU, East Carolina. That's a good, that was a good squad. Yeah. Dude. I mean, that's not supposed to happen. So yeah, I mean, and an interstate rival. And for those of you that don't know, Tulane and LSU have had some battles and Tulane has beat us. They for beat us while. in a super regional. They yeah, beat us in the super. They, they were better than LSU, right? For before mm -hmm. the Bertman era and all that stuff. Too, yeah. Right? Yeah, he he turned everything around, man. That story, being in that squad room, dude. He still he showed us the paper. All that you've probably heard about the long paper, all things that he wanted to do. No, I didn't. I never heard that. Oh my gosh, dude. So he's a visionary and yeah. you know, he was one of the, like the, the first dudes that I heard talk about, you know, whatever you believe and visualize, you can actually, you know, make happen. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if that quote still everywhere. If you, anything you ardently desire since sincerely act upon whatever, that's probably still in the squad room somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, he pulls up and they, pull around the mound and LSU was just the placeholder between football seasons, man. Like right. no one gave a shit. Yeah. And he gets there. He comes from Miami and says like, Hey, here's what I see here. I see this big grandstand. And I see 
all these bleachers on the out, like down the lines. I see a coaches committee. I see national championships and everybody's like, looking. I'm like, skip. So if you don't believe it, then you know the door (laughs) and hi, here we are. Right. Right. And, and like, dude, like he, he made it happen with his mind. And I think so much of athletics, entrepreneurship and anything in life, you know, if you can get your vision to be bigger than your fear, then, then you can do something, you know, and you're going to have to check yourself at times, man, because it is hard, you know, building your, building your card business, building your podcast that, that dude, that shit ain't easy. I mean, when I tell you, I can't, I can't tell you how many people questioned it, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, you're good. You got enough money. You're good. Just go chill. Like, go relax, yeah. go play golf, go do this. Right. Like, um, yeah, I, I, people don't understand. It. I think that's the thing too. There's a lot of loneliness and entrepreneurship and, yeah. and the journey is, I think, again, it, it comes down to perspective. I feel very fortunate that um, you mentioned it earlier where you had the victim's mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I had that in the minor leagues. And then even when I got to the major leagues as well, um, and I felt like I always needed to be in the big leagues. I needed to be the all-star tomorrow. I needed to be the hundred million dollar guy yesterday. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think now with entrepreneurship, it allows me to take it step by step and understand no, I'm, I'm cool where I'm at right now. I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm, I have a plan. I'm a visionary. I'm getting there. I'm growing, but I don't mm-hmm. need to be there yesterday. I don't need to be anxious and, and upset and create, you know, all these ideologies that, you know, I'm just basically making up in my head. Um, and that, that perspective has really allowed me to stay present, but also push through a lot of those fears that we talk about big picture wise. So it's allowed me to take steps and do things that I might not have done. I think because if I was too much in that, like, you know, that monkey mind of just continuously being in fear. Dude. I mean, I get it because there's still times where I have to fucking check myself, dude. Like I have to be like, why isn't this podcast like high six figures yet? Like yeah. I've had great guests. I have great conversations. The content's great. But I'm thinking like, dude, what's your rush, man? You have a successful medical sales career, right? Yeah. Go make your money. And when this thing pops, it'll pop, right? Yeah. And, and it'll be on the right time. No sense in rushing. It don't need it to happen yesterday, but it's hard, man. And I mean, again, like when you think of, you know, going back, cause it's uh, the classic cliche. If I knew then what I know now, exactly. what would you change? And I wish every day that I could go back and change my perspective at LSU. Do you, do you struggle with that? That's, yeah, that is 100%. I think so. People ask me all the time, do you miss baseball? Do you regret, you know, like retiring or cause I retired at 27. I literally was like, nah, I'm good. And everybody's like, wait, wait, you're just about to get good. What are you talking about? You know, mm-hmm. like, um, so I think, I think I struggle with that nowadays of like, God damn, if I just was patient, if I just had this perspective, I just had this approach, this mindset. Right. Um, but then uh, instead of beating myself myself up over it, I just say, okay, well, you have an opportunity to do that in entrepreneurship and business and these relationships that you're cultivating with your employees and, and coworkers and things like that. Right. So I do struggle with it because it's the thing that pulls me towards, God damn, you could have just, if you just stuck it out and I watched the TV of all these guys. Right. But yeah. it also allows me to also be present and then channel a lot of that energy into what I'm doing now, which is kind of cool. That's a big word being present, man. I mean, I think being present is, is a gift and there's not a whole lot of people that can channel that. I struggle with it. One of the best was Michael Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. How do you work every single day to stay present in what you're doing? I know it's going to sound cliche, but I I, I learned about meditation about five years ago, and that was a big thing for me. I Mm. I think 
I'm a kid from Jersey that was like fast, 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 go, 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 right? Like we're in a rush doing everything. We need stuff to be done yesterday. I need to be here. Um, meditation allowed me to slow down and be in the moment a little bit and just relax and understand my my surroundings, my the mm-hmm. moment, you know, and to absorb it all. And I think when I was younger, I think I was actually better at it. Like I enjoyed things and like loved it. It was like yeah. that time at like after LSU and then pro ball, I think I got this like anxious mentality of, um, and these expectations got to me, but, um, yeah, I, I think that just being present is something that I appreciate. And like you said, it's a gift. It's something that, you know, if you have it, it's great, but if not, I still think you can learn it and, and, mm-hmm. and learn from others. Cause I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is watching other people be present and almost be like jealous of their energy, their abilities, yeah. that, that kind of stuff yeah. and be like, all right, I'm going to learn how to do that. And meditation was a big thing that kind of allowed me breath work, that kind of stuff um, allowed me to be present. And, and in the stressful days of entrepreneurship, it really allows me to kind of like slow down and just be where my feet are at. That's funny because like my wife tells me all the time, like, she's like, dude, you need to meditate. You need to <laughs> You need to meditate. Holy shit. You are go, go, go. I'm originally from the Bay area in California. So, you know, I mean, talk about fast paced living. Um, but yeah, it's just something that when I've, when I've, when I've tried it, it, you know, and I, I abandoned it pretty quickly is I can't stop thinking like, is this working? Am I meditating? What's going on? Make that sound. Right. So it's, uh, that's the high level ADHD, um, you know, that I have, but dude, you mentioned something about expectations and like how you were present at LSU. It's funny because, you know, we, we were chatting a little bit and the games, you know, changed so much. They have the NIL stuff and they're like straight up celebrities now, yeah. like, it's like, agents, like, like it's not yeah. celebrities. Like they're announcing, it cracks me up. I'm sorry. I got to call this dude out. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I can't remember his name. Cause I don't know who the fuck he is, but yeah. it was an old Miss baseball player. And he, and he entered the portal yesterday. I'm like, yeah. why the fuck are you telling people? Like, who who gives a shit? Like, enter the portal, shut up and go play. Like, right. what have we come to? I'm off on a tangent now. Dude, no, no, what? you're right. I mean, it's our gener- it's their generation. It's the way that they communicate. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm pointing fingers now, but it's I hear the you. way that a younger generation was raised and, you know, born and communicates. And yeah. it's like, that's the way they communicate is I need to tell the world. Like, you know, like it's. I need to announce yeah. everything about me. You know, it's wild. There is, there is yeah. no more. Just go do your job anymore. <laughs> no. I love this place. Thank you for the opportunity. With that being said, I'm entering the portal <laughs> with an autograph. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You? like yeah. did like, you love it? Because if you like, love it, did you love it? Because you're leaving. Like, I don't know. Did you get your natty ring last year? And now you realize that you're not that good. Now you got to leave. Where are you going? But hey, I mean, come to LSU if you're good. Like, that'd be great. Exactly. I appreciate yeah, we'll it. Sign. We'll take yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll take you. We'll yeah. take you. Like, uh, you know, um, but no, like back then, you know, you said you were present. Did you realize the magnitude of what you were doing there? No. And I think that's why I was present because mm-hmm. I didn't understand that, you know, and I, or I didn't really know. I think, um, just being a kid from Jersey that wanted to win a starting job at an SEC school and win a national Mm -hmm. championship, you know, like was that simple mindset of I'll do anything I need to do to do that, you know? And, um, I had a little chip on my shoulder every day and and carried myself a little differently than other people, I think because of that. But, um, that's why I think I say I'm present. Like, and but I think also, uh, you, in a, in a way we were fortunate that we didn't have the pulls that these kids have now, you know, there's attention everywhere and it's really easy to go get sucked into things. 
Um, and I didn't have that. It was like, it was real simple. It was either go out and drink and go to the bars and chase girls, you know, or baseball. And it was like, it was, that was it. There was no tiger bar, baby, tiger bar right there in tiger land. Todd was my guy, you know, like I love Todd. Times. Hey, he comes into my shop every now and then. Dude, too. doesn't he really tell him Frenchy yeah. said what's up, man? God yeah, dang I will. it. I, I miss that place. Hey, he's sober. He's, no way. Yeah, he's like sober good for, for him. Years. Yeah, yeah, he looked great. Yeah, he sold the bars. He's out of the bar life now. Dude, yeah, he's good for him. Yeah. Man, I'm going to tell you something, dude. It was, it was crazy. One year, they did like a uh, spoof in the Revelry, you know, the oh. on campus newspaper yeah, yeah. that yeah. Tiger Todd died in one of the Mardi Gras parades. He got no. trampled by a float. So I, we're, I'm in there. I'm in tears, dude. I'm like, what's going on? I'm thinking of like, you know, and then I'm going out and everybody's like, dude, did you see this? And it was, it was a prank. Like he didn't die. God, that's why I like, I, I went, I, you know, we're all went to the tiger bar that night and walk in there's that motherfucker. It's like, you dick, what's going on? Yeah. But dude, it's funny. I was crying. I was like, what's going on? Like, I mean, it was a big part of our, our experience there, but, but you know, it's funny because those days were so simple, man. Like if I lived my life right now, the way I lived it then, like I remember we were out then like, I can say this cause I know smoking listening to this fucking show. <laughs> um, but like we would be out until like 2am, you know, oh, yeah. on a, on a Wednesday night. And then we'd travel the next day. And back then, I don't know how it was with y'all, but we rode these 18 wheelers cause it was post nine 11. Oh my God. So these things would trick the fuck out though, bro. And I they had like sleeping cocoons. No, it was sick. It was sick. You walk yeah. in, there's a TV where you play, you know, cards. And then in the back was like an Xbox or whatever. And then yeah. they had like three rows, like, you know, top, middle and bottom all the way back to sleep in. And pitchers and yeah. catchers were in one position players were in the other. I rolled up in there one morning, bro. <laughs> and, uh, we were going to Georgia. We we're going to Athens. Yeah. And, uh, I fell asleep before we left the parking lot and I woke up and we pulled out to the hotel. No way. Fucking gone, bro. Gone. That was your night's incredible. sleep. I was there. Yeah, yeah. You just rolled, rolled right out of the bus. It was, yeah. it was fantastic. Rolled into the hotel, checked in, went, yeah. went to, went to practice and it was, it was great. But like, I couldn't pull that off now. Like <laughs> I have like four beers the next day. I don't even want to be a parent. Exactly. It's, yeah, dude. I want to shut it down. I don't want to be a human. I'm like, I don't know how people drink and then go do stuff anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> it's nuts, dude. But you know, um, the thing is when, when we were there, right. Um, that was the, the year that we went to the college world series first year, we got beat by Tulane and the super and then rice. And then we played Baylor at home, um, that my final year. And that was the year that, you know, we lost Wally Pontiff, right. We, he passed away. And, um, to this day, I swear to you that when that lefty, I think it was Duden or Duhon or whatever it was from Baylor, hit that ball to center field right towards Wally's number where it used to be retired, you know, yeah. in yeah. the old box, the, the wind just held it up. It was it was the craziest thing you've ever seen, you know, but we lost a lot of pieces that year. We lost him. Brian Brian Wilson went down, the fear of the beard, went down with, a, with an injury. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, our starting catcher got hurt, you know, and somehow we find a way, I think we were number one or number two national seed. Yeah. We had no clue what that even meant. Like yeah. to the outside world, I'm wondering, did it mean what it does to us now? Right. Yeah. Cause I look at them like five, you yeah. guys were the number one of the whole year. Like what the hell happened? Like what, what the shit, but like in, in the whole, you know, society or like the, the, 
you know, the, the people that love college baseball so invested in it. I wonder if it was that way when we played, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like when you're in it, you never know. Right. And that's where it's like, even to me now playing ball, like looking at the major, like going to a major league game and being like, man, did I know what I had? And like that mm -hmm. these people, you know, like just being a fan, yeah. it's just a different perspective now. It's just like, yeah. um, and I don't think we did. It was just normal to us. I don't know, at least for me. And, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like it was nice almost to a point that we didn't have these camera phones that we didn't have all this stuff. It was just you and the boys. It was like, yo, it's baseball. That's yeah. like, how do you become the best baseball player? And then if you got lucky enough, you would go out every now and then go find some girls, like whatever. Right. Yeah. But time they weren't hard to find there, dude. Yeah, no, it was easy. They it was, it was, it was yeah. a simple head nod at the bar. Hey, <laughs> go, go to bogeys and take the, take the fraternity fraternity boys, girls. That was always hey, so, fun. Oh no, yeah. That was always the best, but hey, were you, so you guys were bogeys. How about this? During my time for like three to five years, there was no, we never went to bogeys. It was crazy. Really? Yeah. But then like right after our time, bogeys was the spot again. And like, I went there all the time, but when I was in college, I never went there. Like I wasn't a big bar person anyway. And I was never 21. So I didn't, and I was very, very straight edge when I was in college. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I didn't drink, but I would go out every now and then. Um, and we never went to bogeys. Never went to bogeys. Interesting. Yeah. We, uh, we would switch it up a little bit. We would go, um, you know, tiger Todd's, Yep. And then I think it was called Stadium when I got there. No, it was Tiger Bar. Tiger Bar. Yeah, Tiger Bar. Then they didn't, didn't change it to Stadium or something like that. And then sometimes we go to Sports and Freds. But yeah, dude, that was never that was never a good scene. Um, yeah. But every now and again, we would we would mix it up and we would go to um, the sorority bar and uh, Ooh, nice. the fraternity bar. Well, yeah, the, I mean that's what Bogies was back then. Yeah, that was like the Greek bar. Like, oh and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you walk in, they knew you're an athlete and they hated you. Oh yeah. They hated you. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, but then you stood out. It was nice. And all the girls it, wanted it. It was just natural. It was a fun time. I can tell you that yeah. much, but dude, like, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned like, you know, when you were in the big leagues, it was just normal to you. Right. It was just normal. You're there to do a job. Were you able to soak any of it in? I think when I made my debut, I did. Um, I think I was fortunate enough. I was a Jersey kid that grew up a Yankee fan and was pitching mm -hmm. against the Yankees at Fenway on a Friday night. Like it was like a fucking. That's story. nuts. It was, dude. It was. It was. You can't make that up. And so I remember walking out the dugout and just being like, "Yep, this is it. Yeah. Like this is cool." And I remember I got out there a couple minutes early and I just like did my routine a little differently, you know, just to absorb mm -hmm. it and enjoy it and shit like that. So. Um, but then after that, honestly, after I got traded and I was like, and I realized real quick how baseball is just a business, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, I got a little bit numb to the aura of it and all that stuff. It was just like, man, I'm just a piece of saying shit, you know, like it was just, yeah. Like, oh, Fuck. yeah. The dangerous mindset to go into, man, you know, that's where, like, yeah. that's where you become the victim mentality a little bit. You find all the negatives and everything and then everything yeah. that was enjoyable becomes a chore, you know? And it was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, that was when things changed for me a lot. Dude, it's really funny because what changed for me when I got to LSU, when I was in California, you know, I'm like, you know, big fish and a little pond, right. Juco, I'm doing well, you know, and not really worried about my skills, but the moment I stepped at, onto campus at LSU, it was like, I turned into like this kid that didn't think he belonged there, man. And it was wow. just, that's a, it was so dangerous. And I've never said this on air before. Like this is, this is powerful stuff, dude. And, you know, damn you for bringing it out into me, but yeah. it's just one of those things like people that are listening and that may, you know, played with me then now, you know, what's up. You're like, now, you know, how I felt it was just, 
you know, there were so many amazing ball players before me. Like that year was you know, before Brad Cressy, Brad Hop. I'm like, these dudes, man, like they were freaking dudes, man. You know, Terrio and Fontenot and all those guys. And, you know, you roll in there and it was just like, I had that weird kind of like, I'm a fan of these people mindset instead of like, what's up, bro? Like, I'm here to do the same thing that you just did, you know, and, and, you know, and eventually I did ease back into that, but it was too late. Right. It was just a very hard thing to overcome. I, you know, it's really funny that you bring that up. I had a conversation. I had lunch with somebody today, an older guy that I've been becoming friends with through the shop. And we were just BSing a little bit. And I was like, and he was asking me some questions about my dating life and where I was at and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause um, I'm on and off again with this girl. And so we were talking and I was like, you know, what's funny, man, is like what I've kind of realized at 33 years old is how insecure I was at 23, 24 years old mm-hmm. and much I fronted, you know, all this stuff to try to exude this masculinity or whatever, mm-hmm. right. This or this, whatever, but I was hella insecure. And, and I think even when I kept getting certain levels up, I realized that my stuff was actually declining a little bit, you know? And I think mm. that really fucked me up a little where I was like, do I belong? And it, it, am I the guy that everybody thought I was when they drafted me? So mm. I relate to that a lot, man. I think a lot of people go through that. I was gonna say men, but I think a lot of people in general just go through it, you know? But I think it's harder for men to talk about that shit because we're just supposed to grind yeah, through it, provide and right? Like that's our, that's yeah. been our traditional that's role. It. And so, um, yeah, so that's been, I, I feel you on that, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I know, um, it's been hard for me to come to grips with on, in my life, you know, and, and certain things, but I think it's also taught me a lot and allows me to deal with insecurities that are, that still arise at 33, you know? Yeah, man. It's funny the, the word insecurities, you know, insecure, like whatever. I mean, you look, I look back at it. I think all of us were like that. We were hiding behind, you know, two colors, purple yeah. and gold. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and who, and who we were. Right. And it was almost like it was a free pass to act and do whatever, whatever you wanted. And people that people that haven't played there, they don't realize the amount of power that came with that. Yeah. You know, oh, it was yeah. like you, you had everything. I, I mean, we'd walk in on a game day and there was a ton of food there. There was everything you walk out, you're signing shit, you know, like, there might be a blonde sitting in the bullpen because that's usually where I live my freaking life. And then it was all over. Yeah. Right. Dude, I'm telling you. It was, and then when you get to when when I got to Pro Bowl, it was almost like you take steps back too. like, yeah, like, this isn't the same life as LSU. So like there's like three to- people here. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like and you talk to other guys around college baseball that just didn't have that experience, you know, and it's like, damn, damn. you don't realize what you had at LSU and. Um, how much people care. And that's why I think, you know, a lot of people ask me too, like, why did you start a business in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? I'm like, because these motherfuckers love us. Like, they're awesome. Yeah. Like, the people are great here. Like, they yeah. care about baseball. Like, um, like my championship matters to them, you know? So it's kind of cool to enjoy that with them at this age, it's you know? the last one. Like, there hasn't been one since. It matters. Yeah. Like, you know, your name is appreciated there. It means yeah. more. It just means more. And it is a target rich environment to start a business in. So, you know, you were actually a genius to do so, you know, have you lived back in Baton Rouge all this time since you retired or how's it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so I started, I I became a resident in 2011. I bought a house here, um, for the off seasons and stuff, you know, just like Mm -hmm. a, a nice home. That was where I lived for the three or four months. My dog stayed there. I had like a a home base, you know, all that shit. Um, 
then when I was done playing ball, that was my rental house. And then I was like kind of indecisive and I was dating a girl from Baton Rouge. So I actually built a house out here and everything. And like, um, we wound up breaking up, but, um, but I still love it here. I, I, I live here, have businesses here and everything. So yeah, now I've been here since 16 years, 17 years in Jersey, 16 years in Louisiana. It's almost half Dude, half. bro. You're almost a full on Louisiana, bro. I'm mixing awesome. in y'all a lot. My mom is saying I, I got a Southern accent. I'm like, oh, I man, say I'm, it constantly. Oh, and it's like, it's funny because when I'm talking to people, you know, if it's, you know, DMs are setting up a show, I'm like, how y'all, I mean, like, wait a second, where's this person from? Right. Like, you know, because I mean, I got the y'all from Louisiana and now I'm in yeah. Florida. I'm in Southwest yeah. Florida. So that flies here. Right. Yeah. You, works, yeah. you know, I, it used to be you guys. Now you can't even probably say that anymore because people yeah. get offended. It's like yeah. I have pronouns. I have pronouns. I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> it's like I'm always. I'm always like, do you I know what? Y'all are just safe now. I'm dealing with that now. Hi. Yeah. How are they? Yeah. What's going on? Everyone. <laughs> hey, everyone. Is that cool to say? But no, man. Like, I think I think it's really important to really you know dive into um, certain things that bother us as men because and I didn't even think we we're going to go down this road today, but it's important because you know. You're a man, you're an athlete, you're supposed to be strong. You're not supposed to, you know, talk about your feelings. I mean, shit, dude, I cry watching sports movies all the time when something good happens. Oh, yeah, bro. You too? Yeah, I, like, I thought it was because I never won a natty or something. Like, bro, am I crying? I'm, because... I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm like, I'll be sitting there. I'll be like, why is this getting me right now? And I'm like, it's just like the great moment. I'm like, I want to clap and be like, I don't know. It's yeah. just the side of me, like the underdogs. I don't know. It gets me every time. What's What's the one movie that that chokes you up the most. That's a baseball movie. All right. Uh, for love of the game, for sure. For me. Oh dude, that, that destroys yeah. me, dude. That, that movie destroys me. Gets me every time. So yeah, no, yeah. that one for sure. There's a couple scenes in that one that get me every time. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to think of some other ones too. I don't know that one, that one. I'm trying to think of some other ones that dude, the brother rookie, the rookie just, gets me too. That could get well, me. I, inter- I interviewed him. He was on my really? show a while back, man. He's a great dude, man. Great That's really man. cool. He's a great That's man. Awesome. He's a great That's dude. Yeah. Cool. I mean, like that when when his family comes, you know, and they're like all the all and all the kids from the baseball team, they all come, they bust in there, they shut yep. the whole damn town down. That gets me. When he goes to the bullpen, and he comes out. I got goosebumps right now. But yeah. the thing that destroys me is the conversation with his dad. Oof. Like I lose it. Like I like in that movie, like that point, cause my dad and I, we don't speak. Oh, right. Wow. And so it was like, that's the, it just, it pulls on these heartstrings, man. And so that's what, again, that's what the great thing about movies and emotions is right. Like, um, and it relates to people differently. That's the beauty of it. And that's, I, I, I love the rookie. I don't remember that specific scene, but I know mm-hmm. that the rookie got me too. I just, yeah. I think anything of triumph and tribulations, things like that, overcoming obstacles and adversity, um, yeah, all that stuff really does. Like to me, that's, and it's, and it's not even like a, it's just like, it just, it's a raw emotion for me. I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like my, yeah. it's like, no, so yeah, I don't, it's like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cry in any sport movie, dude. Like it'll, it'll just get me to a point. Like I have this visceral response. It's just like, that's it. gosh, like that's it. it just yeah. hits you. And it's cause you talk about overcoming adversity. That's something we can all relate to. Right. And right. as athletes, you want to be at the, the, you know, at that mountaintop and, and you know, you have to overcome an inordinate amount of adversity in order to get there. 
And yep. so you see it happen on screen and then you picture, I, I think subconsciously you go through everything that you, that you've been through in your sports career and it just hits you a little bit different. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. you know, I mean, I, 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 I don't cry during many movies, but like sports movies get me, man. You know, what's so funny is I'm, I, I watched a movie the other day and it's unfortunate that you don't speak with your father, but there was a moment, the movie is called my father. And I, mm -hmm. there were scenes in that movie that just got me where I was like, I, I was sitting with the girl with a, with a girl. And I was like, I can't believe how much I'm crying right now. This is like, it was embarrassing. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm trying to like change positions to like, kind of like move my eyes and not let the like, like, like tears go down. Yeah. yeah. Is, yeah, this, pop, is it allergy salt. season up in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Oh man, it was oh, like, God. Yeah, emotion to me. Um, I'm I'm more of an emotional person. I'm yeah. I mean, you can see the mannerisms. I'm just yeah. that kind of person. So um, I think for a while too, that was what a lot of my insecurities were. You know, like I just mm -hmm. didn't want to show emotion, whether it was excitement, whether it was fear, whether it was anger, whether it was sadness. You know, like um, I didn't want to show those, but I got a lot more comfortable communicating those things, finding people in safe spaces to you know be able to share that shit. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all go through things and we all manage things differently. So, yeah, I think it really, that, that, that's I a think. really good point. That's a really good point, bro. Because, you know, people can look at you or, you know, look at the things that we're doing now and say like these people, they, they got all their shit together. They're, they're fine. I mean, you were out there winning a national championship and you had insecurities, you know, and you're one of the best pitchers in the country. Hell, you went the first round. So it's like, for people listening and watching, like you, you don't know what everybody's going through. Like you literally don't know what people battle on a day-to-day -day basis. You may think they have it all together. You may think they're strong, but they are battling demons. You know, I battle them every day, man. Everybody's got demons, man. That's to me, I'm big on mental health because, mm -hmm. um, I'm six, seven, you know, like, again, like exactly what you said. I think a lot of people look at me uh, I know it because I've heard it. I've just heard mm -hmm. people say, things, you know, like, oh, nothing. You're, you're all happy all the time. You're, you're rich. You have this, you have the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but that comes with a set of problems itself, right? Everything yeah. has its own different things or people care about things differently. Right. So, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what stresses me or what doesn't stress me and things like that. So, um, I, I'm fortunate enough that through those experiences, now I can share empathy for other people and be like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't know what you're going through. So it doesn't matter what, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm here, yeah. I'm listening. This is a safe yeah. place, like whatever, like, you know, like all that stuff because it, it matters, man. And like, I've seen the manliest of men fucking fail and do some crazy ass shit and cry. And, and you're yeah. like, Oh fuck. Like that's, that's wild. You know, yeah, that's just fucking raw. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's nuts, dude. And that's why I love, I mean, I love this industry because like you and I haven't really connected before and here we are, you know, first time actually speaking yeah. Yeah. and it's like, dude, I, I feel like I've, gained a new right. friend. Right. Yeah. And, and I know I have but it's like, you know, you come, we come from the same mold. We were in that, we were in that journey together. We were a part of that tradition. And, you know, at the same time though, like when you don't know somebody, you have an opinion of them or it's not about you and I, but it's just about, right, right. you know, what we were talking about before, like he's six, seven, he's strong. He's got right. money. He's been to right. the big leagues. He's an entrepreneur. He's got this cool podcast. Him and Mikey do these cool things on the, on the show, you know, on, on Mikey's show. And yeah. they got it all together, man. Like everybody goes through it. Everybody has their fucking story, man. You know, yeah. we're, we're, you know, it'd be different if we're all sitting there at the all-star game 
you know, on the, on, you know, third base side, watching home run derby together. Be like, yeah, this is fucking cool. Like right, we did right. this, but that's <laughs> not where we're at. You know, right. you know, you're at your place right now. I'm in my place in the den, you know, yep. and all we're doing is competing every single day to show for me is to show my kids that yeah. they can do something really fucking cool, man. Yeah. I love you that. know, no, I it's love important, that. I love dude. It. Yeah. And, and I'm serious. I, I want to share a story with you too. It's funny yep. that you say like, <clears throat> you make your mind up or you have your opinions of people, right? Like when you see them from a distance and stuff and this world of social media phones, all this stuff, online dating, everything's a facade, right? 2014, so I've never gotten big into the Instagram crushes or like the, so back in the day, I don't know if you remember, they used to do like woman crush Wednesdays and things like that. And like when internet stuff was trending, you oh, just pick like yeah, 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 yeah. Random celebrities and be like, you know, like, oh, I love this, this woman crush Wednesday hashtag, right? All this shit. No. And I never did that shit ever. And I never really like valued it. And then I saw this one girl that captured me right on the phone. And I was like, this girl is it. Mm -hmm. And again, there goes everything, right? I made up mm -hmm. all these assumptions from a picture of this girl would be the best wife. She's amazing. She's the coolest girl. She's so yeah. fine, right? Mm -hmm. This is in 2014. So I play throughout my career. I follow her have no interaction with her. She got millions of followers, right? All this stuff. And I'm just admiring her from a distance for four, five years. 2019 rolls around a friend of a friend knows her and comments something like, Hey, I know that girl. You want me to put in a word or something? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, anyway, waiting, waiting five fucking years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, what kind of fucking question is that? Anyway, hey, you been, long, motherfucker? <laughs> long story short, meet the girl flies out to Baton Rouge, all this stuff. And I'm like, I was jaw open of, how different this woman was, right? Like, this is nothing that I expected. And then it was like, it just immediately clicked for me of like, oh, this is what the fucking internet is nowadays. Like nothing is real. You're creating your own assumptions and real and judgment and all this shit, right? About all these strangers and their lives and they're doing the same to you. So just yeah. have some perspective about it and just understand it. And that like really put things in for me. Cause like, when I tell you like how strong the feelings were before and then in person, that was just like, oh, this is just a fake, I watched her like do these fake videos at my house, you know, and like act and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah. how many other men are like me in the world? Just thinking this about, you know, all these people and like women and same thing, you know, celebrities and shit. So it's yeah. like that really put things in perspective for me about mental health and like understanding these phones and social media. Yeah. And shit. Dude, it's super important. And my wife and I always talk about, you know, our kids, we don't want our kids having social media until they're like, 18 because it is some fucked up shit man it is fucked up it has caused school shootings they have i mean like it's caused you know kids to pull the trigger on their life i mean it is completely fucked up but the one thing that i'll have to say to you is and i can tell by watching your content and then speaking with you now it's something that i take great pride in i'm as authentic as it gets on the camera like you are not going to get a different motherfucker on a reel, on a podcast. And if you show up at my fucking doorstep, you're not going to find a different dude. You're going to yeah. find the same guy. And if yeah. I don't feel like, if I feel like I have a message to put out and I flip the camera around, I start recording it. I can't get it right. I don't fake it. I don't do it. I don't, I don't I'm not anybody's fucking show pony. Yep. I couldn't agree more, dude. And that's, I think in a world full of these cameras and things like authenticity wins because eventually that shit's going to get sniffed out. Like there's just no way that, because 
I mean, I guess the only way you would lie about shit is to try to blow yourself up, right? And get clout and all this stuff and followers. Mm -hmm. And eventually the bigger that you get, like somebody's going to dig and find out shit and you're going to get yeah. fucking caught, you know? So it's like, yeah. to me, authenticity wins. It's a long game. Just be real, be honest too. I think that's the thing is like, I think people put out there, I'm this millionaire. I got these cars, I got this. And it's real easy to fucking put that out there. But then you're living this fake life to yourself and all these other things. So I'd rather be like, yo, I'm struggling right now. Like, yeah. just to let y'all know. Like, I know you think I might not be, or maybe you do, but I am yeah. like, that's just where yeah. I am. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just being real. There's yeah. a lot of people out there. And, and and by the way, just quick rewind. Um, I'm so glad they didn't have internet dating. I'm so glad they did not have Tinder when I was in college. That would have been a fucking nightmare. That would have been a nightmare for me and my boys. It would have been bad. Um, but to your point, man, like it's like, but, yeah. but also at the same time, I don't know. There's a skill set of in-person and going and, you know what I'm saying? And like being able to talk yeah. to people and shit. So it. like, I don't yeah. know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you guys were better at that shit. Cause I'm like, maybe it was a different era. Cause I always say that too. I'm like, man, if I had it, but then I'm like, I do have it now. And I hate it. I'm like, I'd rather just go, I'd rather be alone tonight. You know what I'm saying? Then do this random internet. Bro, we were magicians. We were magicians back then. The one that always worked was, Hey, my buddy over there wants to know if you think I'm cute. <laughs> worked every one. time. Worked every time. It was cheesy as fuck. But hey, man, yeah. listen, it was 2000. It was the year 2000. You know, maybe girls weren't as smart as they are now. <laughs> no, they definitely not. That's good. That's no, definitely that's not. Yeah. That's what we needed. That was it. Yeah, exactly. Like, they warned them about people like us once we left. Like, exactly. hey, see the picture of this guy? This is the shit these types of people say. Like, just run away. <laughs> run away. Oh, man, it's great. No, I mean, being authentic, I think, is something super important. Because like you said, like, you can say that you've got all this money and you can say you have all these cars and you can rent them and put them in front of your house or, you know, jump out of one to do an ad, which I fucking hate. You can tell that it's not their car and people are going to find out, you know, that's why I'm always super upfront. Like, Hey, here's where I'm at. Like, I don't have it all figured out. Like, Hey, I, I do have my dream car though. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to, I drive, I drive a Ram. Awesome. Huh? Congrats. What's, uh, Ram TRX. That that's TRX. Awesome. Have you, have you seen those bad boys? It's fucking no, 702 awesome. horsepower, bro. The TRX is our mean. Ooh, they're mean. Awesome. They're great. They're discontinued. So that would be Dodge's version of like the Raptor or whatever. Or like yeah, I guess you can call it that. Yeah. I, I mean, it kind of like, put yeah, it I mean, come on, come on. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, but All no, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. But it's, but I mean, that's the thing though, but I worked my ass off for it, but I'm not, you know, yeah, posting sure it sure. everywhere. I'm not fucking, you know, I'm proud of it, but should be, man, I've, you know, I'm, I'm jacked up, man. I, I hope, uh, I get out to Baton Rouge soon and you and I yeah. do some shit and, uh, I want to see your, your card place. Hey, real quick. How much is a King Griffey Jr. Rookie card upper deck? Uh, graded at a 10 right now, like $1,200. So yeah, it just depends on if it's in good condition or. I uh, think I have one in the box. There you go. I think I have one hey, in the box, man. Yeah. Get it graded. Yeah. Bring it here. We'll, we'll have some fun with it. I fun. might have to, I might have to yeah. We can auction it off, dude. But look, man, I, I really enjoyed, um, conversation today. Um, you're a great dude. Uh, I respect you. I'm proud of everything you accomplished at in college professionally and now as entrepreneur and most importantly as a person, cause I can tell you got a, a great big heart, man. And I just, I loved having you on the show today, dude. Dude, this was a really great conversation. This what, 50 minutes flew by, man. I'm excited. Hopefully I get to get a chance to have you on my show and uh, we'll continue this conversation for sure. Brother, I'm, really I'm telling you, man, I'll, I'll make the flight out. 
All we're right, talking about awesome. making flight out. We'll get it. We'll get it organized. Um, maybe in July or August, whatever, whatever the schedule permits, but we'll get that shit done. That'll be cool, man. All right, man. Well, listen, dude, I appreciate you and, uh, hang tight real quick after I hit stop. But, um, listen, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want you guys to look in the show notes, look up Anthony, follow his social media, support his show, support his, support his business. Uh, cause he's a great dude and, uh, watch out for everything he does because he's going to do it from the heart. And until next time, guys, you take it easy. Peace. <laughs>